Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo! I'll 
on. What? What? I don't understand what's going on here. IGN's offices in San Francisco, I guess. Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat. Is what is is, is this Nintendo Voice Chat? It can be. It's just I, yeah. I think I, this is just wait, a chat. I, I heard. I thought we were on vacation. We are on vacation. So, so how are we here? No episode this week. What is this? How did this appear? I don't know. Why, uh, how did is, you find this? <laughs> Who's who? Uh, who are you? Is there somebody listening to this? I you just, found a secret episode. <clears throat> you have what? welcome. You read my mind. Ah, this is getting good. So this is a thank you for supporting us, but also a chance for us to just talk about anything, really. Like, you know, we do try to keep a rigid format and structure here, but it's the holidays. You've supported us a lot. What the heck? Who are you? Yeah, this is so un-Jose. Are you okay? Uh, I may be hungover. I'm not sure. We had a holiday party last night. But regardless... Um, if you're listening to this, this is not a standard episode of the show. If you want something that's more Nintendo-focused, there's plenty of those. We, I don't think we, we missed like maybe one or two weeks this year. Mm-hmm. But this episode, just from the hip, whatever and, you guys want to talk about. And there'll be more in, in January. Yeah. Standard episodes. Standard NBCs. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? I don't know. What are you guys up to? I, I just this morning listened to the last episode of uh, a great new podcast. Serial? Yeah, Serial. <laughs> I saw your tweet and yeah. immediately downloaded and oh, listened okay. to it. Yes. Do you, have you started yet? I just finished this, the fifth episode. Okay. So I am catching up. Go easy on me. So if, if, you're, you'd... if you're unfamiliar with Serial, Serial is a serialized documentary. It's a podcast brought to you by the people who make This American Life, which is a very npr show. It's very personal stories. But how Serial is different is it is a serialized documentary where it is taking you through a story, in this case, a murder mystery, yep. every week. Um, the murder in question is of a seventeen-year-old girl. Yeah, uh, back in nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah, um, and her ex-boyfriend was convicted of the crime. Yeah, and Adnan Sayed. And he was convicted, and he's yeah. serving life, right, in prison. He is serving life in prison, and she is for twelve episodes. The last one just came out today, or when you're hearing this, it was today for us. I don't yeah. know when you're going to hear this, yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic show. Yeah, it's really good. Produced by Sarah Koenig, who's done some really good stuff, um, uh, you know, on like the, the original Ad Men, for example, on mm-hmm. This American Life. So mm-hmm. she did this. It is, it's like a courtroom drama almost, it right? Is. Like each episode delves a little bit deeper into the case and you constantly go between like he did it and he didn't do it. It, it, right? ha- it happens a lot. And that's, I, uh, obviously, you know, like, this is years after the fact. The guy's still in, in prison. So it's not like, it's not like a movie where at the end of the show is like, and he got out. And like, you know, it's yeah. not like that. That would be front page news. No, this is more about trying to give you a little bit more insight into a very weird, I mean, they're botched crime scene investigations and missing testimonies and alibis that were ignored and, and all this even, stuff. Yeah, and testimonies that were changed. And then at the end of the show, you're kind of sitting down and you're going like, when you're thinking about it, did he do it or not? Mm-hmm. I think he did it. I think he did it. Do you think he did it? I do think he did it as well. Yeah. There's, there's too many holes in his story for me. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, so the other night, uh, Marty... Brian and I went out drinking. Like, yeah. we were hanging out after work. And 9-11 came up, which is not something, you know, me and Brian never talk about. But yeah. when you bring up that day, we have very detailed accounts of what happened. When something – and the show points this out. When something yeah. out of the ordinary happens, you instantly have a record for whatever reason in your brain. Or at least I feel like yeah. most people that happens. So we both had very detailed accounts of what happened to us mm-hmm. that day. So we were both in New York City. Yeah. yeah. We, both, we were both from New York. And meanwhile – Adnan 
mm-hmm. has no memories of at what was he what was really going on. Like any no not many concrete memories about the day he got the yeah. phone call that his ex girlfriend was missing. Yeah, yeah I, I think find that's, that it, really it's, odd. It's an interesting premise that the show begins with too. It sort of poses that question like how well can you remember last Tuesday? Yeah. Like, what did you have for breakfast? How'd you get to work? Yeah. Um, I think it's very fascinating, and um, I think uh, the the bigger the the bigger victory here is the sort of the what that this medium of 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 sound is sort of returning um it's something i i was like i was raised on uh my dad listened to radio shows like he listened to sherlock holmes mysteries he yeah, listened like to hg wells War oh the my god he loved stuff. it like he had he had all like for years yeah. we were like what should we get dad for christmas and it was like oh more the more tapes yeah those and eventually it was cds and um he had old like the old record players and stuff like that and he would just listen <laughs> to these old audio programs and it was i mean this you know uh serial is different it's, it's not like and then he he walked up the stairs. Mm-hmm. It's not like that, right? Thank right. God. But, um, yeah, but, but I mean, uh, but shows used to be produced like that. And then mm-hmm. we moved away from that medium for a very long time. And I feel like it's finally making a comeback. And I, I think it's fascinating to, to sort of hear, you know, podcasts are on the rise. Uh, pe- people listening to radio shows are on the rise. Like uh, there's people are doing game shows and trivia shows. And uh, there's there's podcasts about everything right now. I, I like the idea of of this medium returning. And I was thinking a lot about why. And I think it's because it's the, it's the only time where you're not constantly bombarded with related links and other videos and other, like when I go to watch a video on YouTube, there's 25 distractions on the side yeah. and I go to read an article and there's all these other things I need to, even in the article, words are hyperlinked to click out to other articles and I could just spiral down a web for the rest of my life uh-huh. of trying to read one article. And I listen to something like a podcast or a, a show like Serial and it's just got my attention for 60 minutes. The only so, thing I can do, I have to reach out and stop it or turn up the volume yeah. or anything or switch the track, but that's yeah. it. I do want to toss out there though that I think even though it's not doing the the hyper cheesy, you know, moment to moment sound effects, Foley guy, whatever, making noise, I think the show is written with that in mind. Yeah. You know? Sort of the mentality of this is the 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 scene was set for this, and then you're hearing testimony, or yeah, yeah. you know when they talk to him, and then cutting to that interview or cutting to the soundbite. I think it is very much structured in a way like old radio shows used to work, and I find that fascinating. I'm a big Ira Glass fan. Yeah, yeah. This American this is Life is, is fantastic, and you know I try. Today I, on our show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've always tried to watch. Um, Anytime he has sort of spoken, either at Google or mm-hmm. at TED Talks or wherever he, he's been, not saying I don't even think he's been to TED Talks, but he has done different talks and different like tours where he talks about making the show yeah. and how writing the show works. Um, <clears throat> and he made that point that it's very much a different style of writing. It's not mm-hmm. like the way you deliver news to people. It's very much a noise happened in the hallway and you're like, well, what happened in the hallway? And then they go yeah. to the next scene and then they go from there and then they go from there. Yeah. They are th- there. So first of all, I love the dedication to a medium to its fullest, right? Yeah. Like to actually do this show, it's probably only possible because of crowdfunding and like them having such a, a you know, a, a very specific following that is okay with just calling up and donating money, right? Like it, it might not work for every type of show and every type of audience. And like they are so dedicated to their medium that when you, when you listen to This American Life, like, you'll get a sound bite and it's a little muffled. And while you're listening to it, you're like, oh, that was hard to understand. And then they go, that was a little hard to understand. So here's what he said. Like, they're so yeah. thoughtful. Like, yeah. everything is so carefully constructed. Yeah. You get the sense that they know exactly what questions you have. Like, sometimes they'll explain, like, something, you know, something from the business world and it's really complex. And they're like, did you get that? 
It's not yeah. easy. Here's yeah. what that meant. Right. It, yeah. it makes so it good. makes me think that the show is almost like constructed. I mean, maybe maybe it's because I'm a, I'm a visual thinker or learner, but mm-hmm. it, it makes me feel like the show is constructed with uh, post-it notes on a wall Must or something. Be, yeah. Because it's it's collaged together the way the way the the show is uh, each piece is sort of is tethered. Well, it's also like. Uh, very, very carefully edited. And I've read articles where they talk about, like, um, before they go into the recording booth, the person who's producing the story reads it, cold mm-hmm. reads it to the room, and they're all writing down notes. And so it's the weirdest scene. You walk by and you just see one person speaking and everyone's just, like, jotting down what they think about it. And they just edit it and edit it and edit it and edit yeah. it to make it compressed enough so it works on radio. That said, I do want to go back real quick and say I feel terrible for Adnan. In, yeah, in me the too. Entire thing. Yeah, like I, I feel terrible even saying I still think he did it. Yeah, but the the evidence and the lack of evidence and all of the theories and everything. I just I look at it all and yeah, I use the example of nine eleven for uh, you know as part of this discussion. That's an event everyone in the in the world knows, so maybe that's why I used it. But even if you ever got the phone call someone passed away or you ever, you know, you remember maybe your college graduation or, I don't know, there are just certain days that are super memorable in your life because of one event and you end up always hanging on to that memory. And I just find it really weird that the day someone went missing that that's you That's actually about, really funny you, you mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, my, my college graduation, I uh, – <clears throat> I graduated college and then I went back to my uh, apartment mm-hmm. and I was so broke by the time I finished college that I had forgot to pay my uh, gas and electric bill. And I went into my apartment and the lights were out. <laughs> what? And I had to find a pair of sneakers to uh, bring home to go, like I was going to go to dinner with my family and I couldn't find them. I was like... Uh, basically trying to pack a bag and go spend the weekend with my family because I had just graduated. And I couldn't find them, so I had to wear dress shoes for four days because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what I graduated in. <laughs> wow, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it was pitch black in there. So, no. yeah, it's, it's, but, I totally remember that. Yeah. It, it's, I feel the same way. I mean, the, the, I, I, I don't have the best memory, right? Like, my wife can remember things from her childhood where I'm like, really? She's like, oh, yeah, we got blue Easter eggs. And it's like, I just don't, I can't remember that stuff, but I'll remember anything that was traumatic, right? Like, mm-hmm. when my youngest fell down the stairs, just like... Like the look on his face when he lost his balance like that it will be seared into my mind there's there, like when i was a teenager my parents were on a trip i was home alone my brothers were out late at night it was dark and i heard a noise upstairs right mm-hmm. like and i had two dogs both dogs were i, I had a, a room in the basement both dogs got up and like freaked out and started growling and then mm-hmm. we ran upstairs and i go to the top and the freaking door is open to the outside right yeah. like nothing happened like i don't know if somebody came in hurt the dogs bark from downstairs left and stuff but that moment i just can't forget yeah. and so it's crazy to me that something so pivotal in your life could happen you don't remember that yeah and, you know? and it is pivotal <clears throat> it unless is pivotal. you have amnesia which in this case is not yeah, right? yeah. and it is pivotal wow, because it's someone story. he was very intimate with and so that's the thing that bothers me i'll never forget and this is a random happenstance thing but I was walking with a friend to a baseball game. Uh, my friend was playing in it, and we were just walking towards the game. And we passed uh, by a highway. This is like Pelham Parkway in the Bronx. And there is a gate with two really big, ugly dogs behind it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and they're, like, looking at us Doesn't like mind. dogs do. You know, they're not barking, thank God, because I would have been afraid. But I'm just looking at them like, oh, look, the dogs are so cute. And in that moment, one of the two dogs leaned forward, like, came up on two paws pushed forward there was a gate a door like gate right there he just knocked it wide open and i was like we are dead like this the first idea that went through my mind is if we run we are done for so i turned so i whispered to my friend yo just keep walking casual if they think we're afraid they are going to take a piece out of us and we just kept walking 
And the dogs like sniffed around a little bit and then walked ahead of us. And I was oh, like, oh man, God, man! And then they went terrible. out to kill us. Good thing you didn't wear your bacon, uh, your bacon eau de Cologne that day. <laughs> no, this time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. think anyone would notice yeah. my bacon. Your bacon hat. Yeah, but the, it's a fascinating show. So we're not going to spoil anything, take anything away. But if you are into that kind of storytelling, do it. I mean, I have really fond memories of audio programming too, like listening to, like in the dark, listening to Lord of the Rings, like yeah, the radio, yeah. BBC radio drama with Ian Holm, by the way, as. Nice. Photo, which nice. is funny because yep. Bilbo in the movies, right? Yeah. Like uh, Star Wars had really cool radio dramas. I remember, those. remember those? Yes, yeah. I do remember those. Uh, I used to love that. And, as a kid. and so this is it, this is really cool. I feel like serial. The first season tells this this story and it wraps up. And season two is going to be different. I'm hoping. And it has funding for a season two already. I'm hoping it's going to become like the radio version of The Wire, right? Sure. Where it's like somehow thematically co- connected stories, you know, obviously with different characters in the case of Serial, but like tackling something really well, like a different theme, like The Wire did with the ports, with education, with politics. Be so mm-hmm. freaking cool. <clears throat> I, I think that. that would be really cool, but I don't want it to always be true crime. No, it doesn't have I to be true crime. I want it to be yeah. other stuff. Like, I, don't get me wrong, I, I'm a huge fan of nonfiction. I think non. I'd prefer a nonfiction book over a fiction book any day of the week. Sure. Like yeah. I just, I, I think real life is so much stranger sometimes than anything someone can make the, up in their head. There were stories, right? Like, what's the the whistleblower story that This American Life t- uh, told got turned mm-hmm. into a movie too, right? Where yeah. like you could see that that could be a twelve episode arc. Yeah. Like no, the way sure. it was told. I just think of like. You know, things like Watergate and all those things where there are audio recordings still after all this time where you could go back in and do something. Yeah. It could be really, really cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah no, you should definitely check it out yeah. if you haven't. And uh, This American Life is also super – like, I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I think um, podcasts aren't just about opinions, um, but they can also just be ways to really learn things. Like, I listen to that. I listen to Radio Lab. Have you guys mm-hmm. ever listened to that show? I haven't. The show's Good. incredible. Uh, it can get a little too science-heavy because obviously it is a podcast about science, but mm-hmm. – the audio editing is fantastic. Like they, they take you on like these scientific journeys and expeditions, and you hear all the, the the wonky sort of ideas and styles. But they also do it in such a modern way that it's very cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So what else yeah. are you guys doing these days? Didn't you just watch The Hobbit? No, you guys didn't. No, go, I huh? sk- I skipped. He skipped. I've never seen any of those skipped. movies. Really, you haven't yeah. seen the single Did you Hobbit? See the, no. the Lord How of the Rings. That be? You saw? I, I'm not really into Lord of the Rings. What? Uh, yeah. It How is what? I'm a Star Wars guy, man. I'd okay, give me, but I'm a Star Wars guy too, but I don't. I, I'm just. There's nothing that really interests me about uh, the sort of like whimsical troll in the woods fantasy <laughs> shit. There's just. It just doesn't do it for me. So hold on. You like you, Zelda? You, hang on. I like Zelda, but there's something. You love Zelda, in fact. I don't know what it is about Zelda. There's something like uh, just cooler about about that to me. Like uh, I don't know. I, th- I think there's like one Zelda gets like it actually gets into some sort of sci-fi tech stuff, like with like hook shots, and uh, then there's like there's crazy like magic powers and stuff like that, and that's kind of interesting. I don't really get so much. Uh, from from Lord of the Rings like that. And, that is and so Hobbit. weird. That's... Like to me, like Lord of the Rings is. Like, I love those movies, all three of them. Did I really read? liked them. I read the book a million times. Yeah. Before the, the movies? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I have... so I never read the books. Oh, God. I never I, had to. I would read it, and then, like, a year later, I'm like, man, I haven't read this in a while. And, I, like, read it again. After watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and I love those movies, the original, especially Two Towers. Two Towers is yeah. the best war movie I have ever seen. Uh-huh. Uh, or one of. Um, I tried to read the books. Too much singing. 
could not too do much it. all the songs yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you know as a could kid as a kid like when you're reading it you're skipping a lot of that like yeah you're but like, I'm, yeah. I'm i'm one of those voracious oh God, readers that go. i have to hang on every word like yeah. i love especially when it's but, great writing like i hang on every single word i see so, so i feel terribly guilty just going well this is a song let's skip to yeah, page like, i mean it's within the context of tolkien creating this entire world and so like telling the backstories of like the elves through song and the you know mm-hmm. the the little people the hobbits and i it's really impressive like the world that he's built and the the songs like i never loved the songs in the book my wife loved the songs she used to make up her own melodies for it she says <laughs> um as a kid um she's not that nerdy by the way but um <laughs> like i love what they did with the songs in the in the movies like did you did you notice like for example when they're fleeing uh, the mines of moria for example and it's like that's that music that's a song from the okay. book that and so really they smart. use like the sometimes in the in the elven language mm-hmm. they they use um the songs in in background places. So, so I think cool. I missed that because I was sleeping. No, the Moria sequence. You're such an ace. So as someone, as someone, I love those movies. But the Hobbit, I thought, I think the movies are not that successful. That's what yeah. I wanted to ask I enjoy you. them because of the world. It's a continuation for me of the Lord of the Rings movies. But they're stretched like butter over too so, much bread. Mm-hmm. So what's wrong with them? Is that really the problem? They're stretching yeah. things that could be compressed and a lot tighter? Yeah. And it's the, like, the first three movies I, had to compress a ton of information into three-hour movies. Yeah, and there's stuff and left out. Really, there yeah, characters left, left out, out in The Lord yeah. of the Rings, like Tom Bombadil, like yes. a, a character like that. Absolutely. And he even touches the ring, from what I understand. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, all sorts yeah. of stuff happens that's not in there. But other things are fleshed out. Like Arwen is is a footnote in The Lord of the Rings. Like mm-hmm. she is a major character for Aragorn. You know, like yeah. it's all more in the appendix, like some of those stories. But The Hobbit... You know, everything that is shown in The Hobbit is kind of based on something that in the movies that that it's based on something that happens in in the book or is referenced or appears in the appendixes or in the Silmarillion or somewhere. But like you never The Hobbit doesn't tell the story that way. Like the Hobbit is a really simple kids' book, actually. It's a children's book, unlike the Lord of the Rings. It's a, about a story of like you know this this character, this almost like a kid, right? This Hobbit gets dragged along into this big adventure and talks to a dragon, and then there's a giant battle that's really never detailed. And you know, like I'm not going to give away the ending, but like stuff happens and it's over. And these movies are like. You know, it's like these three movie arcs with giant battles and like every single character is much more fleshed out. They brought in characters like Legolas that were never in the story. And like it is stretched too much. It sounds like the prequel problem. Yeah. The Star Wars prequel prequel problem. Excuse me. Uh, even Marty uh, was telling me nothing looks real in the prequels. Yeah, it him, has a little no. bit of that artifice, like especially the sixty frames uh, version. Yeah, which thankfully I did not yeah. see. I, I did have not see seen that. It looks very hot. artificial. Okay, so that, that's kind of a bummer, you. actually, because yeah. that's like for me, if I'm going to watch those movies, that's I'm going to be looking for more of like the special effects because I have I have no I'm yeah. allegiance to the lore really. So yeah. I'd, I'd rather sit down and be like, that's a really cool character. That's a cool. There's so much piece. cool stuff in it, right? Like, the dragon looks awesome. Like Smaug looks so really should I, cool. Should I rent these movies? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're fun. They're really cool. They have so many good elements and the characters and the actors are really good I'm really picky Perry. So are you sure it might be if you like the Lord of the Rings I it's did like, it's like, like Rings, uh, yeah. it's more okay. right uh-huh. but it's never as good like Lord of the Rings everything is at stake the, the world is at stake like whereas in The Hobbit 
a dwarf wants his money back, basically. <laughs> That's what the story is, right? And so, and it's a prequel, um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody lives. So yeah, and yeah. Mm, mm. yeah, no, but it's it's a little bit of a different different thing. I enjoy the movie still. They're they're kind of like seven seven out of ten movies for me. I know some people are really passionate about themselves, but but them still. I wonder how it is if you haven't read the book, because like. I mean, the, the, did, you didn't see any of them, so there's like this whole like. I've not seen the whole Hobbit series so right now. I've in, seen the Lord of the Rings. Trilogy. In the book, Bilbo talks to the dragon, and the dragon is really full of himself. It's Benedict Cumber Dragon, by the way. He's amazing. <laughs> he's right? such a good. He's actor. good. He's, he's super. Amazing. Like he's so happy with himself too. Like he's so smug. Smaug yeah. is. And like in the book, it's like these this kind of almost like this riddle sequence, like with Gollum in Lord of the Rings, is really cool. And then in the movie, there's a giant chase sequence, and they mm-hmm. run through the gold, and then they run through the foundry, and they pour gold into a giant mold. It's like it just never ends, right? And that's the problem. I think it's a Peter Jackson issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, King, how do you King Kong from... was the same way, yeah. right? Like you had all this stuff that you could have cut but from the movie. How do you movie? go from getting uh, the first three movies so right to then getting what seems to be a lot of things wrong with the same universe? And this happened to George too. My theory with George Lucas on that is that George became more of a businessman by the time he – first of all, when he was making Jedi, which you know the people who were helping steer the ship yeah. and keep it clear were gone by Jedi from what I hear from people. Yep. And so then by prequels, he could just do whatever he wanted and no one would challenge that. And I feel like Peter Jackson might be in the same position. I don't know. Maybe I'm assuming. I think there are a couple of things, right? Like you could be cynical and you could say these movies were designed by marketing. The Lord of the Rings movies made a ton of money. Therefore, instead of making one movie, you make three. No, and 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 Star Wars prequels, same thing. It felt completely marketing. Everything felt like a toy I was going to see on the shelf. And then you could say – or you could say, you know what? Peter Jackson felt bad about every scene he left on the table that he couldn't include from the books. And so with The Hobbit, he really wanted to include everything. And then they did two movies, and they're like, ah, it feels wrong. If you're OCD, you got to have a trilogy, right? Like, that could be the other approach to it. And, like, I think he – I honestly think he comes from a good place. Like, the stuff that's on display, the care to, like, the design of the weapons and the armor, everything is so amazing, right? And that's why I think they still – they're yeah. worth watching all three of them. Okay. Um, they're, not, they're definitely not bad movies. Like, if anybody tells you they're bad like i i can't see that it's just that the two there's too much right they're too full mm-hmm. but like lord of the, uh, I, I think he has a little bit of the same issue that george lucas had in that you know george lucas empire strikes back we all love boba fett and we love boba fett because he's mysterious and look badass and like you know if you ask us we'd probably say oh we want to see more of boba fett yeah. right and then george makes a mistake of like m- dropping them into like Zalek. Right, like, and then everybody's like, "Oh man, that's no way to go out." And so, with the sequel, with the prequels, he tries to write all that and give us more of that character, and then he fleshes it out to the point where it's just, it's you're killing what the original character was so cool for. Like, right. he didn't talk; he just, you know, he just said he's no good to me. And they're dead. like, "No, now, he, now he's a child. Yeah. We get to meet his dad." Yeah, and then then there's just too much, and it's the same with Darth Vader. I feel like, and mm-hmm. so Lord of the Rings does that. Like, we didn't need Legolas. To connect yeah. the two books, I don't right? think you needed three PO or R two in the prequels either. Oh, I disagree. I think you needed droids, but you didn't need those two droids. So I, 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 somebody else made the argument like that they didn't want to see three uh, PO and R two D two in the new <gasps> no, movies. No, I could live with that in the new movies. Okay. I think having like Anakin built three PO was like that was lame. Yeah, that was lame. No, I agree with that. I think though the like I, I mean. Star Wars is supposed to be based on the Hidden Fortress, like this Kurosawa movie. I love Kurosawa. I named my son after him. Yeah, his mm-hmm. name is Kurosawa. It's Akira. <laughs> and um, 
And so Hidden Fortress has these two bumbling villagers in it. And that's mm-hmm. what R2-D2 C-3PO are, right? Like this through star, this thread through the story. So I really like that they had those two characters being the consistent element. And you can pull it off because they're robots. Yeah, I'm totally yeah. cool The way that. that it was crap. Like why would R2-D2 fly? Seriously. That's yeah. so lame. The whole point was it's a challenged machine. It has wheels. It can't get everywhere. Mm-hmm. If it falls in the water, you got to get it out somewhere. Yeah. And it, or he, like, he, he would have flown out of the swamp in Dagobah if he, he could fly. He can't it, talk. Only cool people can understand him, yeah. right? Like, And then the prequels make him this badass who can do whatever he wants and light like his yep. own like, uh, oil farts on fire and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> right? And then C-3PO is, oh, God, I'm naked. You know? Have, uh, mm-hmm. so, Real bummer. Yeah, has have your uh, has have any of your kids read Lord of the Rings? Your daughter's Not roughly yet. old enough to. I tried to get her to read it, but she's too wrapped up in like the YA novels and all the okay. Hunger Games and all that. Got it. Got I'm it. I'm gonna keep uh, on trying. For sure. I got her to read The Princess Bride, so there's one success. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah, really cool. Because it's so good. Yeah, it's it great. is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. That's actually um good segue. Did you watch Homeland? I don't mm-hmm. want I gave up on that show, but I heard I oh should come God, back. Oh, my God. This last season is so good. Really? You got to watch it again. Yeah. Okay. Is it? Yeah, yeah. They had some issues last season because okay. they stretched one character too much that should have been gone. Yeah. This season is so freaking tense. It's so good. I'm and, of course, a... it has, you know, yeah. Saul, the guy who plays Saul is the So, I'm not much of a TV watcher. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get better at that. Like, uh, I got to Breaking Bad really late. I got to Lost really late. Mm-hmm. I really liked Lost, though, even though some people hate that ending. Lost fan? No. no. I, I tried. <laughs> I like Lost. You heard that? No. Well, no, I mean, like, so... It lost me a couple of times. Yeah, there was a... There was... A, huh? there was and we don't really even see this anymore, but there was a while back when Lost was on where the, it was sort of like a, an event every time there was a new episode and a bunch... You would get a bunch of people together. You know? Water cooler conversation. Yeah, but even like when the episodes aired, like everyone would go to somebody's house and somebody would make dinner or order food and you'd all sit around and watch the show and you'd talk about it afterwards and no one could talk the entire time during. And no one does that anymore, you know? Like I think we we are... When it comes to television, like mm-hmm. we have drilled down even further into our own minds and we don't really open the, the doors for people anymore. Like I know for Breaking Bad... Well, I didn't want to party over there. I wanted just I wanted to sit there with my wife and no one could talk and we just stared at the TV on the edge of the couch like, oh my God. Yeah, well that show is so tense, right? Yeah. Lost well, was such a mystery where like an extra pair of eyes, you're like, wait, mm-hmm. is that the same guy? Like it, you One actually the get theories. a benefit yeah. from yeah. Crowd, crowd watching. It's a very special show yeah. and like it had its issues and ran into a lot of different directions but Brick what a cool show. Even, yeah. I feel the same way about the X-Files. I thought that was an yep. amazing show. I Haven't feel the same way about one. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks is probably the closest yeah. lost in a way but now you've got Game of Thrones where you kind of want to watch it with your friends and you want to look yeah. at their faces when you know a character is going to get offed or yeah, something yeah. horrible is going to happen because yeah. it's just so much fun yeah. yeah, I I have you played the game for that yet? Like the Telltale game? Yeah, not yet. I'm gonna either. I'm gonna play that though. I okay. haven't even played Walking Dead season two, the Telltale game. I, I find myself loved the first season. Yeah, it was oh, really first season cool. was What I usually do is I play the first episode and then I wait six months and I play the next four. Really? So I'll I'll do that with Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. How is it? Did you play? Oh, you didn't Walking play Walking Dead of season Thrones, two. Yeah. Oh uh, no, well, Game of Thrones I haven't played yet, but Walking yeah. Dead season two I I really enjoyed. Not as not as well yeah. as the first one, but. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it, I did the same thing where I, I marathoned through four episodes in a row. Just so bummer those that. aren't on, on Wii U. I mean, it'd be, it'd be um, cool to play because games that aren't you could, yeah, you could, nice. you could play on the screen and then if somebody needs to take over the TV, I feel like this game series is perfect yep. to keep playing on the mm-hmm. tablet. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm curious to play the Game of Thrones game even though I've only seen the first season of the show. <gasps> Have you only really? because no, I haven't. I'm curious to try it only because I do want to see if you weren't a Game of Thrones fan, will this 
push you in. I want to like, know I feel if like you're the not Walking a Game Dead, of Thrones fan. The, who the, are you? The, <laughs> well, again, I saw the first season. I I don't watch a lot of television. All right. Um, but I guess what I'm just saying is I, I, I'm fascinated by if I would enjoy it as much as someone else would. Like, it, it, does the design still support someone like me? Yeah. Is what I'm curious about. Because I'm surrounded by super fans yeah. for Game of Thrones here. Almost I'm, the entire I'm, office. I'm kind of lukewarm on that show. <laughs> I love that show. I yeah. love that. I read the books, you know, decades ago, mm -hmm. <laughs> a decade ago, mm -hmm. and uh, really loved it. And so Game of Thrones, I felt like it, on HBO, it just really did the books justice. I'm yeah. so happy that it exists. Yeah. I have high hopes for Westworld, the next big HBO sure. show, too. Yeah. Uh, that I have really high oh, hopes God, for. I, I, love, that I movie. love that movie. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of The Walking Dead, but I did enjoy how The I Walking like Dead too. game. Oh, but that show, season two, was terrible. Yeah, season no, two made you want to... up and downs. It was mostly I, down. I still like the world that they've built. In yeah, some and I hear season three kind of saved it, but mm -hmm. I was so burned out. On, so you don't understand, every week of season two was me saying, why am I... Like, every episode ends with, why am I still watching this when it is going nowhere? Yeah. And it was so frustrating. It was it was this uh, almost catharsis. Like, yeah. right? like, I was like, I really, really want this to be good. I know it's good. It just wasn't. But the games were so great, especially the way they tackled the elements of choice and of making difficult mm -hmm. decisions. And I'm just curious to see how that applies to Game of Thrones. So I a heard world that doesn't – I don't know if you can really make affecting decisions. No, so I actually heard that the, the connections to the HBO show, like Peter Dinklage as a character mm -hmm. and like all these characters, that's more of a minor aspect. Like they really do build up – other characters um, that you care about. And so I do think that the, it's going to have that impact because think about how they handled Walking Dead. Yeah. Like did you didn't well. get, you didn't get many characters from the comic books or from the, from the show. They were just clank, these little cameos, right? Yeah. You'd have one like, or two seconds of, like, yeah. You know, obviously it was based on the comics, but, yep. but there were some characters from the, you know, from the, that appeared in the show in the game and in the comic at the same time. But yeah, somebody would walk by and be like, Hey, is anyone in here? And you're like, hey, this is the guy from the show. And, oh, and he's already gone. Yeah. And then, <laughs> it was cool. It was a nice little nod, but it was like nothing substantial. But then the characters that they invented were so cool in that game. I really enjoyed that. So one game I have played, and I know you've played a bunch, and I'm trying to—I want to convince you to come back, because it took me a while to reconcile how I felt with this game. Alien Isolation is actually oh, really good. Did you finish it? I'm this close. Like I'm inches oh, really? away from finishing it. Now, um, full full disclosure, full story. I have been all over the place with this game because I feel like on one element, like I love its art direction. It absolutely is super faithful to the first Alien movie. Gets everything right about the setting, the world, the atmosphere, and especially the alien. Yeah. And the notion that it is hunting you. Yep. Like I think they absolutely nailed that aspect of it. But it is one of the most unforgiving games I've ever played because through the entire thing, if you are spotted by that alien, you are done for. Mm -hmm. There is no – you get the teeth. that just comes up to you. <laughs> there's a second set of teeth it's on you. It's nerve-wracking. You're done yeah. for. Yeah, it is absolutely nerve-wracking. It's, it's interesting uh, to play a game where you're uh, 
so routinely defenseless. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. I've explained to folks, like, there have been games that claim they are cat and mouse stealth games. No, 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 no. In this game, you are the mouse. Yeah. You are absolutely the mouse, and this thing is the cat. And, and you you don't get many moments of rest in that game either. You know, yeah. it's like there are it's some... Exhausting. You can feel... It's very exhausting to play, and that's why I stopped, honestly. First of all, love Alien the movie. Mm-hmm. I can, like, I I can hear, if you say any scene, I can hear the sound effects in my... In my um, in my mind, Sydney, the designers, all the people who worked on it, H.R. Giger, they're, they're all amazing, like what yeah. they've produced with that movie. And so being a huge fan, I, I wanted the same thing from the movie. And then I quickly realized, it's like, I don't want to live in that world, man. Yeah. Like, it's scary. It's, it's really so scary. It's so frightening. And it has that quality of classic adventure games where if you open the green door, you're dead. You know, like yeah. that that can happen in that game. And <laughs> when it's a game that has a sparse safe um, system, yeah. which one, this one has it too. And I'm too. glad they did that. Yeah, but it heightens the scariness, yeah, right? Like, like just like classic Resident Evil with a typewriter. Yes. You're like, oh God, like yeah. I didn't save for 30 minutes. If oh, I yeah. die now, it really matters. The game does that to you. There yeah. was something uh, about Resident Evil that I always enjoyed. And it was because you're in this mansion and, you know, you never really go outside of it except for like yeah. the background and backyard and stuff like that. But I, I did like sort of picturing like, hey, if shit really goes down in this house and it's horrible I can bust open the front door and run out and I'm in the woods and I'm safe yeah. but Alien you're like I'm in space <laughs> I'm in you space. can't go anywhere <laughs> yeah. like this guy there's no like there's no front door where you're like well I'm done with this like yeah. there, there's none of that no. so well, it's so and then the and big uh, you know Ryan who reviewed the game for, for IGN didn't like mm-hmm. it that much right he mm-hmm. gave it a, a 6 something I yeah, think 5.9 something, like something like that and um, he had a big issue with not with the Alien sequences he played it he was very very frustrated with the hard mode which yeah. the game recommends too right yeah. he said it's unfair it's not just hard but he also said the 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 android scenes are problems the so, tut yeah, androids yeah, right yeah. yeah i feel like yeah. there are whenever they take the alien away for a while what they put in as a replacement mm-hmm. falls a bit flat because in a game where you're never taught how to kill or never you're never you never feel comfortable in combat in that yeah. game uh the role of ripley daughter which is amanda ripley she is an engineer and so she fumbles with guns she doesn't aim really well and when you try to force combat situations in a game that has an fps perspective i feel your immediate instinct is to play it like those games Mm -hmm. and these controls aren't made for that now when i did tackle those same encounters with more of a planning mindset and going okay i'm gonna drop a pipe bomb here lead it there that can kill that android Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go over there and do this instead there's not a lot of room for improvisation because of the way the combat and the controls are so clunky. Mm-hmm. But I feel it's deliberate because they don't want you to ever feel very capable. And of I respect violence. that. I respect that decision I, too. I think it took me cool. a while to come to that conclusion, though, because yeah. for a while it, I was really frustrated with the Android stuff. It was mm-hmm. they they like they have these strange outs for themselves where like standard androids you can light on fire or you can set like these bombs that'll EMPs that'll kill them, but then there are androids later in like isolated rubber suits and all of a sudden EMPs don't work on it anymore. Uh-huh. It takes more bullets to kill it. And there are these artificial rules to the combat that get added. And I was yeah. like, this is BS, man. Yeah. Like, this is fake. Why did you guys do that? But you overcame that. I and, did. And I did. so then got back yeah. to the more they rewarding o- parts. Yes. They only break one cardinal video game rule in my opinion that I don't want to get too deep into yeah. because it's spoiler territory okay. a little bit then don't yeah I won't but I want you to come back to that I game. want to definitely play it again It's a, but th- I have the same issue with this game that I had with Condemned like do you guys remember Condemned oh yeah I didn't I finish do. that either 
Um, and I, it's just too scary. Like it's it's it takes a toll on you after a while. It is. It does. You know, like and if you may be a different person, and like a lot of people can just walk away from it and go like, oh, that was that was fun. Like I, it, it's taxing for me to play the runaway from something scary games. Honestly, less when I I I have kind of like a choice. Like I can be a badass, like in Resident Evil, and then it becomes like I'm like, oh, and I'm gonna preserve ammo, and so I'm gonna try to avoid everybody. Like it's still a choice. Like yeah. if I'm cornered, I can use my shotgun and blast that zombie. Sure. In this game, it's not like that. Yeah. Condemned was also not like that, where, like, the guns were really gimped and you're, like, mm-hmm. hitting people and it was just so scary when somebody popped out. Okay. Yeah. Where it stopped playing. And so, I'm gonna play Alien again just because I love that franchise so mm-hmm. much. I, yeah, I thought it was... It, it, my issue with it is that, you know, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I actually love horror stuff, but I do feel like when you're sort of submerged in one of those worlds for 20 hours, mm-hmm. it's too much. Like, Condemned, I think I played for like 10 hours or maybe seven or eight hours, however much I played it. Yeah. It was just a lot. Yeah. It was like the, by the seventh hour of like bashing somebody in the head with a pipe, I was like, I don't <laughs> want to do this anymore. Like, this mm-hmm. is longer than any horror movie I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life times four. Yeah. You know, that's a lot. It's a lot to unpack. I think um, it being a lot to unpack, though, in Aliens' case, too, I kind of applaud it for that. Like, I don't play many games anymore that pass the six- or eight-hour mark, barely the ten-hour mark. I know when I was in college and Mm -hmm. high school, the ten-hour game was kind of the standard for all of us. And then the older we got and the more responsibilities that we got, the less time we had for those games. So... And I'm not saying that's what directly impacted why games got a bit shorter. I feel like maybe there were other aspects, too, in terms of design and production and how much it costs to make a game these days. Mm -hmm. But I do applaud that Alien is very long. And by the end of it, uh, I'm just at the cusp of the ending. I kind of had to cheat, though, because um, I I recently had to tackle a project involved with Alien. And so I had to kind of watch the ending because I was going to be involved on something with it. And... But I'm still playing to the end. So it's even though it's I an saw occupational how hazard, I, yeah. But um, even though I've seen what happens, playing to the end is not the same for everyone. Yes, the objectives are the same, but the alien is such an unpredictable enemy mm-hmm. that it doesn't always play out the same. That's cool. But, yeah, and I yeah. love that about that. Yeah, again, like my I my favorite game series of all time is The Legend of Zelda, yep. and like yeah. if somebody made a game that was all dungeons, it wouldn't be as good. Nope. Just like if somebody made the overworld super huge and didn't put anything in it, yep. it wouldn't be as good, right? Yeah. Like they're riding the horse is fun, but then it becomes kind of a means of transportation and like you don't think about the fun anymore. Mm-hmm. And like beating a dungeon is fun, but it has to have this ending and this accomplishment and like Link hopping with joy and grabbing the heart container, right? And so um, I feel like some games really balance the moments of kind of rest and exploration and feeling safe or feeling like a badass with the moments where you're scared and you're running from something. And okay. those games do it. Metroid does it. Heck, even like Riddick, like Chronicles of Riddick did it, where you had like these kind of exposition story parts, right, Like uh, that I really liked. And like Alien has it at the beginning and then just never stops. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, so what, what game have you guys finished recently, if I can ask? GTA Five. Again? Again, just finished it. Yeah, no, I never finished it the when it was on on 360. So did yeah. you start? Did you start it over? I started it over on PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, started playing it in first person mode, and then quickly switched back to third person because yeah. the game is not. It's not a huge deal. It's, it's cool. It's better in third person. I yeah, feel like. I agree with that. And uh, it's it's just amazing. I am so impressed with what they I need did. To go back to I that. hate. I'm not a big fan. I can't say I hate. I'm not a big fan of the kind of s- stupid humor, right? Like, yeah, the, we've talked about yeah, this, you and I, where I tell you, I, I want to piss water and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to play that game, but I see Trevor and just go, I'm not interested in doing any of this. So, so Trevor, though, is a stroke of genius because, a- as I talked about, like the 
you know, it's never fun when you have the same note played over and over. This game actually, like, you play as one character and, like, you, you're immersed in this culture, right? Like, of the, the, the black guy in the hood of L.A. or, like, you know, the, the kind of the guy in witness protection or whatever it yeah. turns out to be. It's like, you like those characters and then you get to this point where, like, yeah, I don't really want to do this mission. Let me switch. And then mm -hmm. you switch to Trevor and Trevor is pure mayhem. Right, mm -hmm. he's the guy. Like, whenever you switch to this character, he wakes up in his underpants somewhere. Like, he's like Brian. Yeah, you know, that's like, that's my whole like life. somewhere. And then you can you actually when you play that character, you feel empowered to just like hit somebody. Like, yeah, you know, like okay. somebody walks by, goes like, "Hey, watch where you go," and you like punch. And it like, was, it feels like the right thing to do as that character, and it excuses bad behavior when you play as. It that was character. absolutely their uh, vehicle, no pun intended, to create a character in which they could dump all of their kind of zanious yeah. ideas. You jump onto a, a yeah. train with a motorbike. And I think right? for years... Uh, There's a reason for it. Dope, so man. we had, what was it, like San Andreas uh, and um, Vice City were kind of goofier, right? Yeah. And then you had you had stuff like jetpacks and pogo mm -hmm. sticks and all this. And then GTA 4 was very sort of by the numbers, very straightforward, mm -hmm. cop drama, you know, crime drama. Um, and I think for GTA 5, they probably got a lot of pressure from a lot of people being like, make it make it kind of like have fun again yeah. and they were like we'll do that for one of the three of the characters so they all, that's where they dump all their really zany ideas and it's really uh -huh. smart it's clever to to do that and then if you don't want that you just switch to another character you know it's, it, it was very intelligent and they did a really nice job with kind of telling showing the different viewpoints of the characters because they both of those characters were involved in a crime and you play it in the prologue right like it you is play those smart. characters as younger people and then something happens and then you see their viewpoints and like they're happy to be together and angry and they don't like each other and they like each other and it's like these viewpoints they, they balance it so perfectly and like few games nail characters the way that game has done yeah. that doesn't mean that it's not occasionally really stupid and like catering to the lowest possible denominator That's like I it has yeah it has these yeah. issues it's not classy not to be that a snob way. but yeah. I just yeah I check out but I just don't want to play man it's just it's such a beautiful playground too yeah. like you drive it in the ports and you drive a freaking crane and mm -hmm. put like containers on a ship right like it's just like it's uh. Every boy's favorite sandbox. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I have issues with sort of the way those games control. Like, it just, uh, for everything they build and as yeah. beautiful as they are, like, it, it just always kind of feels like I'm. What if I'm everything controlled? Dad or yeah, something. if everything if everything controlled like Legend of Zelda, yeah, right? like the way Wind Waker so controls good. is yeah. so good. It's it so is. good. Right? Like, just yeah. I don't I don't understand why it's not. It's hard. Like, it, you know, the the driving is super realistic. I think it's better in five than it is in it four. It is, but Absolutely. and it depends on what car you pick too. Yeah. Like, you can find a favorite car and it handles exactly like yeah. you want to. How's yeah. the first person mode stuff for the car stuff? Yeah, or for for just running around the world? It's fine. That's it's fine. just like I like the I like the more zoomed out viewpoint and see your character in the context of yeah. the environment. Yeah. Some of the more fascinating stuff is like if you get in, in an accident. Like I was on a bike and I went to first person mode. I was like, this is going to be interesting. And then I had an accident. I didn't pay attention to the intersection, got hit, and I just tumbling through the air and everything's oh, upside man. down. I was like, what? Yeah. This is so strange. What they, what they build is really remarkable. It's and I impressive. hope people know how hard it is to design a world like that. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about the overworld in Zelda and our reaction to the demo, which we felt like was a little empty. And again, guys, we're so stoked for that game. We're excited we're to play high. Legend of Zelda. Absolutely. We just didn't think that was a particularly good demo, the way it was handled and narrated and, and what was yeah. shown. 
even if it is one of the few times I've ever done it, it's an opportunity to say something that's going to make people really excited. Yeah, it's an awesome looking game. We're hyped, but they didn't excite us. Yeah, and so like the you you see some of the scenes where you like you know Link is riding through uh, this group of horses, and you're like that looks awesome, right? Like if the horses react to each other, Mm -hmm. and like in the equivalent in GTA is you're running a red light, and a bunch of cars that are actually stopped that they're blinking too when they're turning. First of Mm -hmm. all, right? Like the world they build with the working traffic lights and everything is just a start you you squeeze through the traffic and one guy to the right goes what are you doing <laughs> and like the other guy like lifts his arm out of the window and yeah. shakes his fist at you and you're like it's just like they react the way you would yeah. expect you get an accident react, someone right? opens the door it's coming out like i gotta go <laughs> yeah <laughs> just you take you off. follow like what blew my mind is like i drove my car and like i'm driving a car in the game that looks almost exactly like my real car mm-hmm. um you know, it's it's the the black Audi looking car. Sure. Like you stop it and you park it, and the engine is clicking because it's still hot. You're standing yeah. next to the engine, it goes clink clink clink. Oh, That's yeah, what I, I hear that every stuff. night when yeah. I drive my car in the garage. And you're like, what? They spend time yeah. on doing that. that. Are they yeah. insane? Yep. yep. Like when you're on the phone, you can't honk your horn because your your hand is you you only have one hand. Like all these like little thoughts. Like while you're yeah. driving, you on the phone, you can't honk. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Like what, uh, it's it's just really fascinating. Could always use your elbow. Yeah. Yeah. If you're what, uh, to, uh, what did you finish? finish? Right. You finish what did anything? You finish? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. I've been playing a lot of games that you can't finish recently. Like, <laughs> like I, I was playing NES Remix. I was playing more Mario Kart. Playing Smash Brothers. Mm. Recently, I did finish The Evil Within though, and that was another sort I'm of. I really want to finish that. Yeah, it was another kind of like uh, I'm not sure where I sit with that game because the story is is stupid. It's nonsensical. I don't know what happened by the end of it. Um, it's very sort of grating the mm-hmm. way uh, it just keeps going. But there were moments in it that felt very Resident Evil 4 that I really, really enjoyed. That's cool. And, like, there's just like... I love that game. It's it's just very odd because there's, there's just like you'll be playing a stage and you're like, man, this... I they totally captured that RE4 feeling for just this moment. And then it sort of goes away. So you end up fighting this sort of like psychologically deranged, induced monster who's not really there or something like that, which Resident Evil 4 didn't really play with too much. They, mm-hmm. they sort of kept things grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just made me, it actually kind of made me sad that we didn't really ever get the the proper sequel to that game that we deserve. I mean, we got five and we got six, but... See, I feel like that's a franchise that will find... Like, life will find a way. Yeah. It will go back to that. You think so? Yeah. The new games were a reaction to action games in the West becoming more popular than survival horror games, Mm -hmm. right? Like, the, the... Capcom basically said we need to be more like those guys and then they lost something that made their games really good I have a feeling somebody they're, they're going to go back to that style game again eventually in the yeah. future okay. Okay. and this is I mean this is an example of them trying that right yeah yeah, yeah. or somebody trying it um, yeah we'll, we'll see what happens I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with this franchise it might get a, a, a sequel or something like that but I want to go back to that game so I really do what are you doing in Smash do you just play with friends or do you try to beat all the challenges I was mostly doing challenges and you train collecting your, trophies I, mean, I don't I don't know. Do you have any amiibos? Do you train them? I have a few. You yeah. have amiibos? Okay. Yeah, I actually yeah. opened them up. So, um, oh yeah, I'm yeah. like uh, Grinch. How much here. space is that taking up now? It's taking up. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. In fact, uh, I have this. Uh, 
storage unit, it's taking most of the not most of the top shelf. It's taking the back edge of the top shelf. You have a storage unit. Them. Yeah, I have like this like four shelf storage. Oh, unit. I, I thought you were renting like a. Yeah, oh, that's what I like, thought. Oh, no, no. Do they own storage In wars? Whose locker yeah, is this? I, it's full with amiibos. Oh my god! <laughs> I thought you had one of those. Uh, like it's basically one of those shipping crates that no, you you, no, you, no. you rented a key to. Yeah. This is just at home. No, just the, so the top shelf, and I'm stacking them on top of each other because I want it to look nice. And uh-huh. it's just like, once, just, once you steal like if a someone comes from over, I look like an idiot with a little what? pins on, you can. I, s- I saw somebody. Um, <laughs> people are doing some cool stuff. I saw somebody was actually building out the the way the uh, character select screen looks uh, in Smash Brothers, but basically mapped out their entire wall like for squares and have been putting the amiibos up to the right spots based That'd on. Be cool if he puts the little hole and stuff. It like, could almost be like Hollywood squares or. Well, that's know, how that's it really is. Silly it's because you know where they're blank. All but you know sixteen of them are blank right now. Yeah. So somebody on our Facebook NVC uh, group posted a picture of the Final Destination stage. Somebody had built it. Oh, I've seen Did that. Did you see photo. that? Isn't that yeah, amazing? I've seen awesome. that on the Look for that. Look for yeah, it. Go, that, go to that NVC. That was on Reddit yeah. too. Very very cool. It was really um, cool. Yeah. No, I. Mm, so what else are you doing, in Smash? <laughs> I do have a. I, I just don't want to talk anymore about Amiibo. We've been doing it no, so much lately. There's no such thing as Amiibo. Yeah. No such Thanks thing. for getting us, Luigi. Yeah. I think about them a lot. I know we all do. No, they're great. Okay. Uh, no, Smash t- to me was really Checking just the Rosalina pre-order it's, page. It's a lot of uh, <laughs> it's a lot of doing the challenge stuff, and um, I don't know. Like it, it was weird in college. I, I I had sort of the capacity to want to try and get every single trophy in in melee. And I, that fight's not really there for me anymore. Maybe it's because I'm old and tired, and there's uh, there's gotcha. a million other games. But I really wish I could just sort of sit there one day with like the IGN wiki and just go through thing by thing and be like, oh, this is how I get this trophy. Okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the next hour of my life trying to get that trophy. Like, there's something really cool about that. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't even know but, how many trophies there are in that game. Do you guys it, know? No. Because I think wow, I have like I I think I have 250, but that's Wait, nothing. You're talking about the trophies you buy, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I have or close unlock. to five or, or unlock. I have like close to 500. Wow. Right. I know there's a milestone for 500. Okay. I think I'm like at four something. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, need, I need more. It's definitely not, it seems like the same obsession with collecting anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the kind of guy who beats games and like tries to get every trophy or achievement yep. or whatever I usually. Yeah. Um, I did that with AC4. Like I really loved that game because it was basically Wind Waker to mm-hmm. me and I really liked that game. Not I started Unity by the way, not Unity. I, I gotta... love Assassin's Creed Unity. Yeah. Is that how you say it? <laughs> Unity. I love that they reconstructed this world. I'm super happy just to see like ancient Paris like the old Paris like this, but um, I'm not feeling it yet. I, I, it is such a weird world that we live in now with video games where I've had that game since the day it came out. Or actually yep. since two days, a few days before it came out. Um, and I, I haven't played it yet, not because I don't have the time, but mm. because I'm waiting for them to fix it. What That's, is broken with it? Well, like they just put out a huge patch yeah. yesterday, right? Um, or a, f- a few days ago, if you're listening to the show. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're just constantly tweaking the way uh, the crowds look and texture oh. pop in and, uh, you know, character animations. And all, all these little yeah. things are constantly like massive patches. So I've had this game that basically the version I have, if I was to unplug my PS4 and just play it, is very different than the version that exists if I was to update for the patch. And I, I'm just sort of sitting there going, well, 
do I play this yet or do I wait until maybe February when it's a totally different game? You yeah. know, like, so I don't know what to do with it. And that's, it's, it's a weird circumstance because back in the day I would buy a game and I'd put it in and I'd play it. We had uh, Blake uh, Harris in the office today yeah. who wrote the book The Console Wars. Yeah. And he's working on a, a you know, a, a documentary. And during mm-hmm. it there was a, a scene where uh, they showed the stores in the 80s and 90s where you went into a Toys R Us and it was just... The video game section was just a wall of these blue uh, plastic slips. Mm -hmm. And in the plastic slips were these pieces of paper. And they had the price tag on them. And above those pieces of paper were this laminated box cover. And you would walk up and you'd see the box cover. And you'd flip it up and you'd read the back of the box. They had a photocopy of the front of the box and the back of the box. And there was just walls of these things. And if you picked out a game you liked, you would take the slip out and you'd walk across the store behind the counter to this uh, weird room that was like encased in glass and a guy sat behind it like he was working at a bodega in the Bronx. Yeah. It was like bulletproof. Oh yeah, man. And yeah, and you'd hand (laughs) and you'd hand him the slip and he'd walk down the hall and he'd come back with a game and he'd give it to you and it'd just be this pack, you know, and it was Uh just like plastic wrapped and you'd bring it home, you'd open it up, you'd have the big manual, you'd read the manual in the car on the way home, you'd rip it open with your teeth, you'd bring it home and you'd put it inside your game system and you'd play it and it worked. And it was such a... a normal, not yeah. even novel thing to do. And now I get a brand new game. I open it up. There's nothing inside it. It's completely soulless. I put in the game, and immediately it's just like I have to download this huge thing. And I find uh-huh. out that that thing isn't the right thing yet. And a few days later, there's another thing. Yeah. And it's confusing us here as as a review outlet because we go, "What do we do? You know, it's just, this game's it's been a, a real six. challenge. Yeah, it's a six today, but maybe it's a nine in a year. <laughs> like, what the hell do you do with that? Yeah, and it's very frustrating to have a video game that I really want to play. I mean, I I. I love and respect what uh, what the uh, Ubisoft team does with um, world building in terms of yep. like they're like check out Paris look what we did and I'm yep. like I can't yet because I don't know if my character is going to fall through the Eiffel Tower yeah no it's a real challenge I mean one thing that you know I think we've brought up before with Nintendo is their quality control is really good when they release a game you know you feel like you can play it and yeah. usually obviously there's been some launches where like servers don't run for online you know online connectivity isn't that great and they, they're patching stuff they're improving Smash Brothers over time right like they already changed the balance of some things and so it's not like they're not patching and changing but like usually they may pick in 3 a lot better when, a year later yeah when anyway. you get when you get a Nintendo game it's, it usually means that it works. There yeah. have been issues, of course, where that you know there were some flaws, like games that that had issues with Nintendo as well. But well, usually, Metroid, one of the Metroid games had like a game breaking. There glitch. were some game breaking. You had to like bugs, mail it back in or something. Sword game breaking. Bugs. Yeah, yeah. A, a couple games had them, mm. and then like uh, you know they, they the cartridges were quietly replaced over time too, oh, so yeah. people wouldn't fall run into yep. them. Those who would complain would get a replacement. Like that happened too. Mm-hmm. So it's good that we have patching where you can fix something. But man, all the games that launched this year, like like. If you saw all the reviews in progress on IGN, it's because like something wasn't working. We yeah. couldn't evaluate it. Sometimes the servers weren't up prior to release, so we had to play the games longer, like yeah. with Destiny and all we that. We do want to play it when it's in the wild, Man, too. Like yeah. when everyone else is playing it, just to make sure they hold up or that there aren't huge connectivity and, issues. And so much of this uh, hinges on this, you know, this push for asynchronous co-op and online mm-hmm. multiplayer, yeah. where it's a living, breathing world, but it's yeah. like... 
I, I feel like that is detrimental, and I, that's why I do sort of lean towards the Nintendo side of things because I, I feel like a lot of their games hold up. I can play one of their games from ten years but ago for the it, most part. But it surprised me that there were members in the audience who weren't satisfied by the review in progress. Like, I mean, this is ultimately you, for which game for, for just any, in general for, for in general. Like, there was a sentiment that it is sort of us not like why not wait to post a score and I would mm. fire back and say hey someone who wants to buy this game right now should be able to see yeah, an opinion of course. It's, on it's most absolutely, of what we've seen. It's good reader service. Well that's the yeah. interesting thing. When you delve into comments you'll see that everybody's in, united with a different opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Like you'll feel people who say like I'd rather just stay hold off Mm-hmm. and push it there are people who are saying why is the review not up you should have had the time to play it there are people who are saying IGN is not telling us the review score because they don't want to make the publisher That's angry the like they're like the conspiracy heard. theories yeah. right like Ugh. there are so many different opinions but what you get is the frustration that we set up a water cooler but it doesn't have all the water in it that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they want to talk about this game. They want to say, what? A nine? I can't believe it. But I disagree. Yeah, they they but, want right? the immediate and gratification. So, plenty to talk about. No, no, but There's that's... a thousand but, words there. But you're boiling <laughs> it down. Like, you you have a crowd. It's a crowd mentality, right? Of like, course. There are plenty of people in the audience who are who are like, thank you for sharing with me, like, writing a whole review of Smash Brothers, letting me know how the game is. I can tell you love it, and therefore I'm going to buy it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, then there are some people who are not readers, they don't read the entire article ever. Or any they of want it. you to say 9.5, and that is the information that they crave. And so by not having that, they're upset and their needs are not served. And then if there's another outlet out there that did score the game, then they're like, why can't you be more like them? Right? Like that's, yeah. 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 It used to actually bum me out that people didn't read the article, but then I, I started realizing, you know, like I, I, I'm just I'm honored and lucky to work for an outlet mm-hmm. that is so prestigious and so cherished that our score does have that power of of like when you when you read it you know it means something because it came from us it's the same way i was i would grow up and watch movies and be the trailers before the movie or something like that or or you'd see a a commercial for a movie out on dvd and it would say Mm -hmm. roger ebert two thumbs up and that was his 9.0 on ign was just like two thumbs up and it never made me go i'm gonna go read the roger ebert review i was just like he gave it a two thumbs up that's a good movie yeah now if roger ebert was just like movie review in progress his comment section would have been the same thing how many thumbs are you giving it yeah. you know but he didn't have that option and also putting up a review in progress for a movie doesn't make so sense. I, sense i think you know <laughs> they didn't you, show me the ending <laughs> so you have to first of all you have to come to the realization that there are lots of different users out there with yeah. different likes and dislikes and of obviously course. A review in progress, honestly, guys, the only reason why we're doing them is that we are not ready to give you the final opinion and we want to be fair, right? Yeah. Like, we're not going to half-ass it. We want to play the game in its fullest and test all the pieces before we tell you whether it's good or not. So it comes from a good place. The reason why we post a review in progress is to give you the, some of the information early so that you're not, like, a week later going like, well, I wish you had told me that, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. so... The the feedback, though, and all the brouhaha around it is you have to realize that loving games is like sports. It mm-hmm. is exactly like sports. You know, there are, there are people who are so deep into gaming that they have a team that they favor. And you see this with the comments on the last podcast we did where we gave feedback on the Zelda demo, right? Like, all the people are writing into the podcast. There are a lot of positive voices saying, like, hey, thanks for letting us know why why you were disappointed with the demo. You know, I actually wasn't disappointed. Or some people are saying, hey, I, t- I totally agree with you. On the article, it's like this anger. 
right? Uh, and yeah, that's me, because you and I talked about this, and yeah. that's because there's a portion of the audience that is not really there for our honest opinion. They're there for the cheerleader aspect. Mm-hmm. They want to take the information we provide and they want to say, "Jose loves this game. Let me take it to the guy who loves Xbox and show them." You know, that he respects Jose. Jose thinks this is the best thing ever. Therefore, you should pay attention, right? Yeah. So it becomes more like sports. Like, go Giants! Everybody agrees with me. That's the best team. And so you got to take a step back. I mean, I always comment back nicely to people who you are do. critical. I've seen um, But you also, you got to be careful that it doesn't affect you personally where you're like, okay, why are you coming if you don't want to hear my honest opinion? Yeah. And like, when I give my honest opinion, why do you say it's not my honest opinion? <laughs> I'm being like biased or, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's an endless cycle practically. Um, so yeah. one game, uh, I'd, I'd like to s- drop one game I finished and then what we'll probably got? go. Um, so I always somehow we're we're really busy people. So we always end up finishing a game in 2014 that <laughs> came out in 2013 or before that even. Yeah. Uh, I finally finished Pikmin three, and I must say, so the reason I went back in and the reason I actually started over from the beginning is because Miyamoto is still promoting this game. Like the mm-hmm. last direct happened, and they had the movies come out, and they had the patch in june for that that added the uh the touch controls yeah uh which by the way are fantastic game off tv play a gamepad only mm-hmm. um with the touch controls it's good quite possibly the best way to play really? Pikmin 3 yes man i got to give that another shot off then. tv play because where you tap the stylus is oh. where you throw the pikmin it is one to one and it is perfect it makes me think that pikmin could one day work on 3ds like if the could, screen wasn't so tiny if the screen wasn't yeah. so small and it was bigger like a gamepad which i'm not saying i want a huge tablet handheld uh, nintendo <laughs> but um it is, uh, and before that, prior to that, I thought the Wii Remote and, and uh, Nunchuck was the best way to play that game because that game, that game is an anomaly to me in that it uses everything the system has. It's not only using like it; it feels like a launch game. I feel like that game coming out, what was it, August mm-hmm. of uh, last year, was a huge disservice to that game. Mm-hmm. That game should have been. It felt like a launch game. It, it to a greater extent, I think it looked like a launch game. Um, and it used everything like a launch game. You could use a Wii Remote and Nunchuck to point and mm-hmm. move, but then you tap over and you use the map to scroll and give people automatic directions. And it's just this, when you sit down to play it, you almost feel ridiculous because yeah. the gamepad's here, you have the Wii Remote yeah. and Nunchuck, and you're just all into the experience. Um, but that said, what kept me playing was really good world design. That world design and the labyrinth nature in yeah. which you sort of open shortcuts and discover new ways around. Like, I'm riding out a lily pad. And I'm like, this lily pad's too slow, man. I've been on this thing for like two minutes. We need to go. It's like almost sunset. Like, yeah. what's up? And then you find a passage and go, holy cow, I don't have to take the lily pad anymore. Yeah, yeah really that was that, 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 that happened to me a couple times where I was just like, Damn it! I've been taking the long way for like a month. <laughs> if, yeah, it, it encourages you to think differently, right? Yeah. Like you, you need to send some guys this way right away, and then the other guys this way, and you have to start to multitask. In the beginning, I think somebody, people always go out with a big group of Pikmin, and they just always stay together. And then, as you get more familiar with the game, you start to split up people. Yeah. You send those people down the lily pad or the yeah. water guys through the water mm-hmm. to take a shortcut, and like. It's a really clever game. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, you you w- were about to play the final boss when we last talked. I you? was, and I was scared yeah. that... Uh, so the setup for the last boss, 
put me, and I don't know why I thought this, because I didn't have a precedent to be thinking uh-huh. this way, but I thought it was going to be some cheap-ass bullshit. Uh-huh. Like, I thought, because basically you're rescuing Olimar from, I'm going to spoil part of it, you've had it here, guys, but I, I won't go too deep. You're, you're rescuing Olimar from something, and the alien you're saving him from is following you the entire <laughs> time you're in the last world. And so I thought, oh, man, if he takes back Olimar, this is game over. No, it's not. You actually have to fight to take him back. So I'm like, oh, okay. Then as I'm playing the game more, I'm discovering more about how they use this idea of, okay, an alien is following you, but there's also a world you have to explore because you need to build shortcuts to get Olimar out while you're being followed by this thing. And it was, and Pear told me, like, you're going to love the last level. Like, it's brilliant. I was like, holy shit, he was not wrong. Like, they when do I finally so got many right. cool things. There, yeah, there are moments in that game, like, you fight this one boss that's a bunch of bees. Remember that one? Yes. There are all these bees, and, like, it's completely different from any boss you've ever fought in a game. Think about it, yes. right? It's like, it's like Galaga. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird, like, yeah. they have these patterns, and you really got to think about when you throw your Pikmin, because they, they grab him, and they fly around with yeah. him, and they do all these horrible mm-hmm. things, and when you beat that boss, all the freaking bees fall to the ground, and yeah. you're standing in, like, all these bees, you're like, I can take him home. Like, <laughs> you're like, like, it becomes this Start moment. Start blowing the whistle, and it's just putting them all around. Now, I, lo- I love the, that. The reward of being able to carry all that crap home is yeah. just so cool. It's so you know? cool. It feels like, uh, it feels like doing a touchdown dance. Almost like right after like a big moment or after a score when everyone's like, any any other game developer would have ended the level there and like you beat the boss, it's awesome. In this game, all the boss like it's just designed for you to take that boss home as a reward. It's so cool. I also didn't think I was gonna enjoy the aspects of time in this game, Mm -hmm. and it it didn't bother me. Like because I part of me worried at first days are too short, right? Like like what we suffer in real life. Some days when we're really engaged in an activity the day just flies yeah. and you're like Ugh. and sometimes pick i always i would feel that way about pikmin I'd be like man that was a short day yeah but then you you slowly st- come to realize i'm building a bigger strategy here yep. than just living day to day i'm finding the fr- and the fruit is the most rewarding part i love finding new fruit and making sure i got it looks it all back. so good yeah, yeah. It, like, you want to just grab it and bite it that's yeah. how delicious see, and juicy yeah. it is yeah. man i'd see like that's why i am I'm completely in favor of HD remakes. Like, I love the excuse of, of like, playing Wind Waker again, for mm-hmm. example, right? Yeah. Like, the last moment, by the way, the whooshing, the final yeah. thing is still awesome. Yeah. It's such yeah. a good game. It's sad, the grandma and the boat and all that. It's mm-hmm. just really good. And, like, Pikmin, like, if they remade Pikmin 2 in HD, I'd be totally fine with it. You like I two just, more than one? Uh... Well, yeah, yeah, I do like just because the thirty certain day thing aspects is a bit are like yeah. better in in two that mm-hmm. were better designed and okay. had some really cool stuff in okay. it. But like, I w- or one, like I love it. I I love these games um, when they come back because they're not based on a narrative that's a story with a twist or anything. Like The Last of Us, for example, I recently finished. I finished on PS3 um, just a couple of months before the remake on PS4 came out, and I didn't feel the need to go back and play it in HD because it's like it's a harrowing experience, right? And it's very much story driven with this point. I think it's a great game, by the way. Like it I'm, is. I'm, I'm a bigger fan of Uncharted 2 than I am of The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed The Last of Us. But I didn't feel the urge to play it again. People may be different there because I felt like I had seen the story and I had lived through some of the hardship. No, I was the exact same way. I played yeah. about halfway through the remake mm-hmm. and I was like, 
I've done this already, and yeah. I've done this recently. And when I beat it the first time, I always told myself I would never play that game again because the experience I yeah. had was so uh, it was just so self inclusive the entire way. I j- it just felt so right, and and yeah, it was a, a dark, miserable world to live in. It was you know it was really sort of it drains you after a while. And yeah. I went back to it, and I'm like, well, I know all the beats, I know how this ends. I'm going to stop. And, and I walked away. And it's got their games like Heavy Rain, too, yeah. for example. Really like that game. But I wouldn't, I'm, I wouldn't like, freak out if they remastered it. Whereas mm-hmm. like classic Nintendo games, I'm just always happy when they come back. And like to get Mario 64 with great graphics or something, I, sign me up. I mean, oh, all God, this I've stuff. Been, I've been and, wanting that for the longest yeah. time. I will, I will say, though, a good friend of mine makes the argument that Nintendo games are so gameplay-driven, and they're great for that. Yeah. But they're never, they're, they have the barest essentials for a story. Like the stories, let's be fair, paper thin, yeah, to yeah. a degree. And I'm not, I'm not saying like I dislike story and no. I don't want more story. No, but you know? his point that he would make is he really thinks that if Nintendo tried a little harder at story, they would absolutely crush. Like sure. for people who want story-driven games, the only the only game where the story really matters to them is Zelda. Everything else is very, very paper thin for and, the most part. And even Zelda is, is still very thin, right? Like, they're, uh, I mean, Skyward Sword had a moment in it, I'm not going to spoil it, that that I thought was just a pivotal pivotal emotional it's moment. Like, okay, drop it. What, huh? what moment? The Impa. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, right? It has a scene with Impa that I just thought was really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, like that showed me a, a glimmer of like if they hired a great writer, like think of like Studio Ghibli or like a company like, you know, a Spirited Away type storyline with mm-hmm. that meat. And then the Nintendo gameplay, you would have com- you would have gold. Yeah. Well, it's already gold. You would have, it is you'd already have, gold. You would have sparkly yeah. diamonds. Pla- is yeah. platinum? And candy. <laughs> no. Candy. Okay. Well, gold is more expensive than platinum, so it you is. can't do that yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's that. like this world has gone topsy-turvy. Okay. Dogs and cats. Living together. Living together. All right. Um. But yeah, I, I, that's you know, Pikmin reminded me. Like now that you're talking about Pikmin three, I kind of want to go back and play it again. Yeah. Like they, these games are I so. I think I will. They, you yeah. <laughs> right? Sorry. So, you can play it on the plane to New York if you pack it in your. If they have outlets. Yeah, if if they have enough outlets from my hard drive and all, I'm not doing all that. You it's, have the extended battery. It'll last the flight. No, I mean my my oh, my external hard drive. Hard drive. Like, I'm sorry. All right. The yeah. Wii U is basically it's a basically an octopus that lives <laughs> underneath my television. Yeah. There's a lot of arms there. There's just a uh, whole sorry, lot going sorry. on. All right. But the, the, end that. So long story <laughs> short, I want a Metroid Prime HD remake. Me too. Right Man. Me too. Like, right. And especially playing some of the games that uh, we didn't talk about, like okay. Far Cry, Shadow of Mordor, all of them learned so much from Metroid Prime and yeah. like the Metroid games, right? The setup of the world and like yeah. how you progress. Like Shadow of Mordor is, is really cool, by the way. Like just it the enemy cool. system they built is so clever. Like they have narrative told by. Th- that's different for every person based on who your enemy yeah. becomes. Yeah, the decisions. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really, really cool. But yeah, like all these games learned so much from sure, Metroid sure. and I just, I want to play Metroid Prime again. I know. All right. And there I can. have it. Well, thank you very much for listening to what isn't, nin- this is not Nintendo Voice Chat. This is uh, Nintendo Boys Chat. <laughs> you know, did you? So you met uh, Jeremy's wife? No. <laughs> she she said that once about the show. She thought that was the name of the show, Nintendo Boys Chat. No, that's we awesome. Guys. Yeah, <laughs> I like yeah, it. Yeah, one of our one of our engineers, uh, oh, his man. his wife. I uh, thought I was being original. No, you you have been beaten to the punch, sir. Terrible. Nice job, Emma. Uh, thank you for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat or not Nintendo Voice Chat. And uh, in case you missed it, we are on break. We won't be back at least possibly, and I don't want to promise this. 
until the week of January 5th, more likely the week after, because that first week back in the office, we have a lot of catching up to do. That said, um, you can find the podcast on iTunes. We have, we aren't advertising that this episode exists <laughs> on IGN. It's a nice little treat for you, uh, some of our biggest supporters the guys who yep. follow us on itunes and who you know leave reviews and write stuff so uh that's it thank you very much for listening have a happy and healthy holiday and a happy new year especially 2015 Woo. it's gonna be good it's gonna be a good year lots we got of exciting stuff happening at ign yes and maybe some cool ideas coming to the show in 2015 so you may want to be here and stick around Awesome. All right. And Twitter handles really fast. You can find Brian Altano at Agent Bizzle. You can find Pear at Pear IGN. And you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero, on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. Happy New Year. I'm going to go play Metroid now. Me too. God only knows what I'd be with Stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God, God only knows what I'd be without you. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.